launched a book, did very well. Then coaching business, business blueprint continued to take off about 600 people paying 10 grand per year in that business, high margin business. He's now using money and profits from that company to funnel them into bizversity, basically an easy way to access content, uh, business related content on your phone, on your mobile, uh, on the go. Most importantly, 160 people right now paying 14 bucks a month. So 2,200 bucks a month in revenue as he looks to scale this up into a much larger business. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of me IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dale Beaumont. He's an award-winning technology entrepreneur, international speaker, and the author of 16 best-selling books. He started his first business at 19 and has been building companies ever since. One of those companies is now a multi-million dollar enterprise, which has enabled Dale to become an investor, philanthropist, and to step foot in more than 80 countries. Today, Dale is the founder and CEO of Bizversity, a product which gives direct access to the world's best business training anywhere, anytime. Dale, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So tell us about Bizversity. At first glance, it looks like what might be a Udemy or a creative life might look like for business people. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, um, we, we basically started uh, around three years ago. I've, I've run a business education company for the last like 10 years uh, called, called Business Blueprint, which is based around training entrepreneurs, but through primarily live events. We run about 60 live events per year. So about three years ago, we thought, how can we build a platform that can provide uh, training to business owners uh, all around the world? And we realized doesn't need another business training website. There's so many out there, but everyone uh, has a mobile phone. And so we decided to build the mobile first uh, video learning platform to provide uh, training to business owners. We now have over a thousand videos uh, in the library uh, covering really everything from how to read financial statements to how to hire staff, uh, how to run a Facebook. And we now have over a thousand videos that are available through the, <coughs> through the learning platform. Okay. And I mean, what's the revenue model? Are these, are, is this a recurring SaaS model or one-time pay-as-you-go kind of thing? Yeah. For the first uh, 18 months, we made the platform free. However, in the last month, we've just turned on monetization. And so it's a subscription model, similar to, again, Netflix, $14 uh, a month. And you can access all of the content that you want. And also there's a whole bunch of special features that are only available to, uh, to premium members, such as the ability to download content to be able to watch offline, the ability to create your own playlist, to speed up playback, and a whole bunch of other things that are uh, only available to subscribers. So you get in two weeks, free trial, or you, or you can eat, and then you can decide if you want to continue. Okay. And, and walk me through, I mean, how many people are now paying for that service? Yeah. So we now have about 160 people that are paying for that service. This is in our first month. So it's sort of brand new in terms of monetization. And so now it's just a matter of how we can continue to grow. Uh, so we'll do that by uh, having those individual accounts, uh, every single person either signing up directly, or we're now actually looking at talking to many companies as well about getting a, a company wide account. Uh, and also we've had 
of interest from franchise groups that are looking to provide training to their franchisees because most of them, when they buy a franchise, they really um, they, they get a product or a, a service, but they really um, don't get a lot of business training and they come in sort of very, uh, very green and lacking a lot of business training. So it's a really low cost way to be able to provide a lot of information to especially first time entrepreneurs. So we see that's the kind of way that we'll probably scale uh, faster in the future is by more of the sort of B2B style uh, transactions. Okay. And, and give me a sense before the SaaS model. So in 2018 or sorry, 2017, Bizversity as its own unit, how much revenue did it do? Uh, so Bizversity, so last year was all of, for us, it was just about building the platform. Thankfully, I've got another company, which is my events business, which is very, very profitable. What's so that I was able called? to sort of fuck. It's called Business Blueprint. Oh, that is Business Blueprint. Okay. Yeah, Business Blueprint. So that's been around for 10 years and it's it's a great great business. So I've been able to take some of the revenue and to put it into Bizversity to just build the, the platform, which we have, have done. So um, it's all just been about... Uh, you know, building out the uh, the software, and um, and now it's really around how do we make uh, you know business start to uh, pay for itself, and then obviously uh, become uh, profitable, and then to expand from there. Yep, yep. Okay, good. So the, the you are just now really introducing pricing to Bizversity, and that pricing is fourteen dollars a month, like Netflix, one hundred and sixty people at about twenty two hundred bucks a month in revenue right now. Correct. Okay. How do you how do you anticipate making people sticky on this? Anytime someone launches a content site or membership site, the hardest thing is churn is through the roof, especially to real SaaS companies that are software-based. How do you keep churn down? Yeah, so that's something that we're really trying to uh, aggressively. So um, obviously there's a bunch of things that we're, we're looking to do. Um, so having Intercom built into obviously the website, but also the app as well having lots of kind of conversations with with people, always providing like a concierge service. So uh, people can just search for what their biggest problem or challenge is. And then we just send them the direct video that solves that uh, problem. So by trying to have more of a direct relationship with every single user through through live chat, um, then we hope that that will, uh, will help. The other thing that we've done is we've built in a bunch gamification modules as well. We have uh, a badges that people can unlock based on their consumption. We also have... Um, a new content which is coming out kind of every week and the other thing we have is like a global leaderboard as well us trying to make the product as uh, as sticky uh, as we can but we've still got um, yeah some we, we really know that yeah in this area oftentimes the average span you know four months and so we've got um, and also giving people a substantial discount for doing uh, for going 12 months in advance as well there's nearly a 40 percent discount if you pay uh, up front so we hope to lock people in for at least a year which is enough um, to you know, you know get people really um, on the on the product and uh, and then hopefully you know continuing for, for many years after yeah I mean that's that's the hardest thing I've seen these content creators is they'll, they'll they'll use those exact words, force them into an annual plan because they know they're going to churn after three months if they don't. And then what happens is there's just more regret because they don't end up consuming enough content. And then it's, inter- it's an interesting model to go after. I'm curious to see if you can make it work. Um, you know, especially just understanding Creative Live's business model and Udemy's business model. They're you know they're constantly trying to use pricing leverage to get new people in and retain by just like discounting, 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 and it's like a race to the bottom. Yeah, and so that's where we sort of believe that. Um, the 
where we'll be able to achieve our sort of goals faster is through more of the enterprise uh, plans uh, for for companies. Um, as uh, once you know, your franchise was a franchise group we're talking to now with seven hundred uh, franchises, and so um, once a company like that. Um, is then sort of on board. And, why would they be on board though, Dale? Like, do you have unique videos specific to their franchise? Like, why wouldn't they just sign up to like create their own videos or use YouTube or? Yeah, so most of them will have a basic sort of training. Um, like the company that we're speaking to at the moment, they have about forty videos that just cover the core sort of aspects of how to um, how to basically run a gym. Um, so they provide training around that area of expertise, but most first-time business owners, again, they really uh, don't understand a lot of the, the sort of fundamentals, whether that be about you know, time management or how to read um, a balance sheet or it could be around um, how to um, uh, you know, use social media in order to grow their business, how to create a marketing plan. That's, they don't provide any of that sort of training. Um, they just sort of say, you know, here's a business model and kind of good luck. And so um, one of them is the fact that we provide a very broad range of education content covering kind of everything that someone could possibly want to know. And then the second thing is everyone is sort of focused on great content. And I would sort of say that that's a bit of a commodity now. There's great content everywhere on every platform. What we've tried to do is really focus on how do we remove the friction to actually consuming uh, content. And so, um, like, for example, you've got content on a website. Oftentimes, it doesn't work very well on your mobile. Or if it does, it's hard to watch videos on a mobile that come through a website. Oftentimes, if you start a video, it won't remember your place when you come back. You can't speed it up. You can't uh, download the videos directly to your device. You can't set up uh, things like uh, playlists or forward videos. So we've just tried to make it as easy as possible for people to consume any, at any time. Another cool feature that we've created as well within the app is if you're watching a video, you can tap the button and it actually car play mode and you can listen to it while you're driving in the car, while you're going to the gym, while you're walking the dogs. And then when you get back to a place where you can watch, you can tap another button and it goes back to, uh, to uh, video. So we call that kind of learn switch where you can just kind of learn uh, anywhere, anytime, either in video mode or audio mode for the same piece of content. Got it. Makes good sense. Um, so this is where you're going. This is what you're building, BizVerse. Understand quickly uh, your other platforms, right? We understand Business Blueprint. It's an events business. So are you producing the events? You're taking 100% of the ticket revenue, all that jazz. It's a typical events business or no, it's a little different? Yeah. So it's a, um, it's basically a leveraged business uh, coaching model. It's a sort of 12-month business program where we teach uh, entrepreneurs and, and small business owners how to better use technology to improve their business. So we have uh, over 600 people now that pay on average $10,000 a year for our business education program um, and it operates all across uh, Australia and, uh, and New Zealand. So that model has been proven to be really successful. However, um, because of that, we're limited to the number of people that we can help. It's sort of like a high-touch, high-cost uh, model. And so the aim with Bizversity was how do we make a business education, uh, how do we make it more accessible to people, how do we make it more convenient, and how do we make it more affordable for people to learn the skills that they need in order to uh, grow their own successful business. Mm-hmm. So that business, if you have 600 people paying 10 grand a year, I mean, that is 6 million a year. Is that all margin for you? Do you have a big team there? It's, it's low margin. Yeah, I've got a, um, a team of uh, now with, we have about 10, 10 staff um, in the Philippines, another six staff in Australia. So we try to run that very, uh, very lean and it's a, it's a great business. And it's very profitable. Um, so what we've been able to do is take a portion 
uh, revenue and to be able to uh, diversify and invest in uh, in Bizversity give it the best uh, uh, chance of success. Yeah, very good. And then lastly, you mentioned the bio books. You said 16 best-selling books. What's the title of the one that's done the best? Uh, called Secrets of Successful Entrepreneurs, I okay. suppose. So um, back, I did a whole series of interviews with around 250 uh, people and uh, I put them in a, in a series of, uh, of, of books. So they were compilation-style uh, books that I uh, produced. Um, so we've covered a whole bunch of different topics, <coughs> One's on leadership, one's on sales, one's on marketing, one's on public speaking, just a whole bunch of, um, of business-related topics that were all uh, compilation-style books. Okay. And were these, you said best-selling, are we talking New York Times, Amazon? What do you mean by best-selling? Yeah, best-selling in Australia um, is you know, where the best-selling comes from. Um, so best-selling in Australia is to sell 10,000 uh, copies uh, per, per book. So, um, But with the whole series, we sold 200,000, so a quarter of a million uh, books have been sold in their secrets exposed series. Mm-hmm. And, and where have those happened? Because like when I look these up on Amazon, like they have, you know, most of them have like zero or one or two reviews, uh, like and, and the rankings very, very low. Are you putting these sales through some other channel? Yes. Yeah, so all of those um, sales happen through bookshops in Australia. They were all released between 2005 and 2007. So it's Kind of, uh, we only just put them on Amazon actually probably around about two years ago. So they were all sold uh, through bookshops in Australia um, and not through uh, Amazon. Amazon really wasn't, uh, you know, even in Australia until uh, last year. Yep. And did you decide to, did you set up your own kind of publishing company to manage that or who did you decide to deal with? Yeah, I self-published all of those uh, books um, and um, that, uh, you know, enabled me to obviously control the um the content and to be able to um, have a direct relationship with the distributor and, uh, and bookshops. And um, yeah, that was something that I did over 10 years ago. A lot of publishers, I just went through this process and signed a deal with Random House and the pit, you know, part of the pitch they give me is, Hey, sign with us and you have a chance to be actually be New York times, you know, these best, these bestseller lists will put you actually on bookshelves. Uh, they were insinuating that you couldn't essentially do that if you were self-published. So how did you get your on the Barnes and Noble bookshelf in Australia self-publishing? Yeah, so most um, most publishers, like for example, Random House, are actually publisher distributors. They publish and they distribute into all the bookshops. However, there is, if you break up the food chain, there is a series of independent distributors out there that all they do is they just do distribution, meaning they have a sales force around the country to get the book into bookshops. So they work with uh, either international publishers uh, or only need distribution in that particular market, or they deal with self-published authors that have a book, that know how to produce it, that know how to print it and can get a ready-made product and they take it and distribute it into bookshops. So I use a the largest independent book distributor um, in Australia to be able to take the books and to get it into bookshops. So essentially I was not the author but also the publisher as well. I see. That makes sense. And what cut do you give the distributor? What do you pay them? So they normally, um, you get 35%. Normally as a, um, if you go through, through a major publisher, you normally get a 10% royalty. And that's it. Uh, if you go directly to a distributor, you'd get 35% out of which you take your costs. So if your costs are around about you know, 5 to sort of 7%, then you're probably left with just a, a little bit more, maybe 15 to 20% is kind of what you're uh, left with. Um, and that uh, means potentially you can um, you know, double the amount of money that you make per book. But the real benefit of you know, doing what I've done, which is, uh, which is self is that you basically are buying your book at cost. You're buying your book at $2, where if you go through a mainstream 
publisher, oftentimes they'll sell the book back to you, the author, at say uh, 50% less retail. And if retail was say $20, they sell it back to you for say 10, but the only actually, they're buying it normally at about $1.50 when they're doing those sort of like print runs. So oftentimes, um, certainly in Australia and in America, that you get like maybe three months, maybe if you're lucky, six months worth of bookshelf time, but uh, then it kind of disappears from the shelves and then basically it's, it's uh, kind of up to you. So over the life of a book, five to 10 years, you actually become the number one consumer, the number one purchaser of your own book. Why? Why, would you, why, would, you, why would you purchase your own? Why would you buy a bunch of your own book? Well, if you're going to be speaking for the next 10 years at conferences and events and you want to have a book to actually uh, you'll have to buy your own book back from your publisher in order to then sell that book in uh, in uh, at live events and uh, and uh, expos, trade shows, those type of things. So if you if you have distribution, which you do either online uh, or through conferences and events, then you're buying your book back at um, at ten dollars instead of the cost price of a dollar fifty. Mm. Well, why wouldn't you just when you're on stage tell everyone to open their phone, go on Amazon, and buy your hard book? Uh, you can if you then want to send them send them straight to Amazon. But you know you could in that moment if you had your books physically there, people would spend twenty twenty five dollars, whatever the cost of the book. If you had a hard cover, it could even be up to thirty, and you can you can kind of sign it. Or if you send them to Amazon, you'll probably make what a dollar fifty, maybe two dollars if you're if you're lucky, because you get like a ten percent retail of the of the uh, RRP. So if the book sells for $20, then, you know, you're getting $2. So it's just, you know, how much money do you want to make? And do you want to have that convenience of kind of, uh, do you want to lug the book around the, uh, the country and take yeah. it with you everywhere you go? Yeah. Uh, that's really up to you. Yeah. Very good. So you've got the, the book business, you've got the speaking business, which is like your, your big one there, a 6 million revenue team, you know, based throughout the country. And then you're kind of using profits from that and your, and your from that to build diversity. Uh, it sounds like a healthy growth model. Dale, let's uh, wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Our favorite business book is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, would probably be Larry Page. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have for building a business? It would be Intercom. Intercom, good figures are there. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, probably seven. Seven. As you, as, as you jump on at 5 a.m., where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Indonesia, in, in Bali right now. So it's, uh, it's 4 a.m. here. So I probably had about five last night. <laughs> All right. And, uh, last few questions here. What's your situation? Married, single, kids? Married, uh, two kids. And so we're just on a little vacation right here uh, in, in Bali right now. So uh, in a, probably about an hour, the kids will wake up and uh, then we'll go on a bit of an adventure. That's fun. And how old are you? Uh, I'm 37. 37. Last question, Dale. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, probably, um, just, you know, how, how to have, how to have more fun. I was too busy working here and, uh, you know, wasn't enjoying myself enough. Guys have more fun. Don't forget it. Super critical. Launched a book, did very well. Then coaching business, business blueprint continued to take off about 600 people paying 10 grand per year in that business, high margin business. He's now using money and profits from that company to funnel them into bizversity, basically an easy way to access content, uh, business related content on your phone, on your mobile, uh, on the go. Most importantly, 160 people right now paying 14 bucks a month. So 2200 bucks a month in revenue as he looks to scale this up into a much larger business. Dale, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan. Appreciate it.